Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. It's where every day you and I, we get together, we have a little bit of coffee, we get into God's Word, and we grow in our love for the Lord together. Today we're at Genesis chapter 6, the first eight verses. Let's have some coffee, we'll pray, and we'll get into God's Word. Father, thank you so much for this day. Lord, we are people who desperately need your word. We desperately need your spirit. We desperately need your grace. And so, Father, we pray that as we read your word this morning, that you would indeed speak to us, that you would minister to our souls, that we might know you and love you, because you have first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're at Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, the first eight verses. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. And they took wives for for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days will be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, we need to ask ourselves three questions. A, what's this about? B, what's the best verse to summarize this and see what are we called to do in response to these words? Well, there's quite a bit of controversy in this first part. Who are these daughters of men and the sons of God? And some people will say that these are angels having relationships with people. I'm not convinced of that. Uh, I think what this is most likely is saying that there was the line of Seth and there was a line of Cain. And I think the godly children of Seth down to Enoch and and so forth began to intermingle and commingle with the children of Cain. And that they, uh, the s- sinful people were being, were marrying men like Lamech, were marrying even daughters of those who should have loved God. And so, this is this is what I think is going on here. I'm not going to get into all of that, because I think what is at the heart of this is verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, continually. You know, we need a reality check. 
It's so easy for us. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's easy for me. It's easy for us when our culture is so surrounded with a philosophy that people are good to miss what God himself here says of humanity. That our hearts and our minds are corrupt. That when we look at Genesis chapter 3, we want to just imagine that it's myth. And just say, that didn't happen. You know, this, this, this is... That's just old, cosmological, ancient Near Eastern made-up stories. But then when we evaluate our hearts and we see the selfishness that's there, when we see the way in which we can be short with people we love, when we see the depths of sin in our own lives, how we can become impatient, how we can lack self-control, how we can have mixed motives between love and self-aggrandizement. When we can have all sorts of sins and all sorts of ways in which we walk away from the Lord and we do our own thing, we realize that Isaiah 53 is real. All we like sheep have turned away each one to go his own way. That the Holy Spirit, God himself, looks in our hearts and realizes that the, the, the depths of sin in our hearts shows that we are only evil continually. It's not until we realize the depth of our sins, the corruption of our own souls, the depravity of our own minds, that we realize why God would send a flood to just say, I'm grieved. I'm sorry I ever even made them. When we get a window into God's own thinking and in his own heart and his mind, he says, I created them. I gave them everything. And this is what they do with it. I give them a will. And now all they do is sin continually. <laughs> they corrupt things and break things. Destroy my creation. Abuse one another. Corrupt their minds. Worship the created rather than the creator. They don't love me. They don't love each other. <laughs> They're selfish and gossips. Idlers, dissensions, factions. Greed, murder, adultery lie in their hearts. They scoff at my word. It's not until we realize there's all sorts of sins in our life, even sins that might be acceptable. Our slothfulness, our greed, our overindulgence, That when we see it and we measure it against God's holiness, His absolute purity, that we realize the only reason why we have breath in our lungs is because He's gracious. And that's the surprising thing. That's the amazing thing. I mean, you hear God say, 
from his own lips that the thoughts of our hearts are only evil continually. And yet for some reason he gives us verse 8. For some reason he gives us grace and peace. For some reason he says, but Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord, Noah finds unmerited favor before God. For some reason, he has one person. Spoiler alert here. It's only because he found favor with one person, or one person found favor with him, that any of us are even alive. What is this passage about? This is a reality check. It's a sobering moment. A sobering moment for me, a sobering moment I pray for you. The Lord wants to be honest with us and tell us who we are. Without His grace, in our natural state, He would shake His head. And I'm surprised He doesn't walk away from me. But for some reason, we find grace. I think that's what's at the heart of this. In my Bible, I've underlined verses 5, 6, and 8 for that reason. What are we called to do? Well, I think we need to have a sober evaluation of ourselves. This is why 1 John tells us that we we better be careful. We better make sure that we are honest with our hearts. Because if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and we make God a liar. And we go and reread passages like Romans chapter 3. And it's not because we want to be self-deprecating or beat ourselves up. It's because we want to know the truth. We need Jesus Christ. We need the hope and a righteousness that comes from outside ourselves. We need grace. We need favor. Because the thoughts and intents of our hearts are wicked. We need the Holy Spirit to cleanse us. Not just on the outside of the cup, but on the in. We need to cry out to God that he would sanctify us and make us holy as he is holy. To teach us to walk in his ways and to love him. Thank God. He's true to his promises. And he does save. He has redeemed And he is reforming us. Part of abiding in Jesus Christ is hearing his words, knowing his commandments and keeping them. This is who Jesus says we are. And we are in desperate need of our Savior. I pray that you'll cling to him. I pray that you'll confess your sins and trust in Jesus Christ because he is faithful and he is righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for sending us your only beloved Son. Lord, we pray that you would please comfort our souls, convict us of sin, and may your gospel be a balm upon our wounds. Lord, that when we see with sobriety the slums that we've made of our lives, Lord, then you are glorified in showing us the glory of your redemption. Please, Lord, let us know you, love you, and cling to your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Holy Spirit be working in your heart, (laughs) convicting you of sin, assuring you of his grace, uniting you to Jesus, and building you up in holiness. May you rest in God's work, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural Southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.